So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this one's gonna be about something else, I guess. It might be a little bit of a different episode, it might be something new, it might be just another episode that is a little bit different. But yeah, more after the intro, as always. As every single day, because it's amazing. And uh, now I'm actually pretty pumped for this episode, which I couldn't have said for the other episode that I've recorded today and also the episode that I've recorded yesterday and all the two episodes that I recorded yesterday. But this episode is going to be a good one and I do just uh, somehow have a clue and I do somehow know why it was the case and or it might also be the case in the future. But yeah, before I even forget to mention, um, hello, welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics podcast. And... Um, the other thing that I have to mention is that you can listen to this particular episode that you're just viewing there. If you're on the YouTube video, you can also listen to this as a podcast. And it is insanely good, you know, especially for those people that are able to learn through audio really well, you know, which makes the whole thing effective. But it is also efficient because if you're listening to something, you can do anything besides that and or simultaneously, which might be walking your dog, which might be cooking, which might be jogging, which might be working out. Of course, you can do that with the YouTube video as well. And if you're able to just use YouTube music and whatnot, but most people do not have this opportunity. And it's also going to be really, really good for your mobile data. If you're just on the go and you're not connected to a Wi-Fi network, then it's also going to be pretty good since the YouTube video is really big. You know, even though I'm uploading a four gigabyte or three, two gigabyte thing and or file, it's going to be compromised just uh, significantly, you know. In the end, when I'm actually downloading my own videos, they're probably like 400 MB, 200 MB, something like that. But still compared to the um, to the podcast, it's like double the size. And uh, yeah, this just really, um, it just really does make a difference. Even, you know, the thing is, I'm uploading a 30... Is it a third? No, it's it's somehow like a 70 megabyte file as a podcast. I don't know if the platform that I'm using to distribute the whole thing, if this is also compromising it a little bit or compressing it a little bit. I don't know that, you know. This could actually also be the case, which makes the whole file even smaller. But yeah, um, this is going to be something different. It's going to be something else. And therefore, we're just going to go through Seth's blog and or the blog article that Seth is posting today or was posting today because I um, would have read it anyway. And I thought like, well, maybe I should talk about it and maybe I should also read it since it might also be really, really relevant and maybe even helpful to a lot of people out there. Therefore, I'm just reading it. And as always, the link is going to be down in the description and or in the show notes if you're on a podcast. And by the way, Seth's a uh, new new podcast is just insanely good. Akimbo, it's um, akimbo.me if you want to just have a look at the website. It's just insane. It's just insanely good. It's just amazing to listen to it. And I'm every day I'm listening to it. You know, when I'm meditating, I just really tend to listen to it. Even though I do not know if it's the best thing for me in terms of the whole meditation part, because I'm actually really focusing then on a podcast and not on my breathing or on anything else, which might not be the best thing and whatnot. So and some other variables as well. But I'm gonna read. So this blog post is called 
all or nothing. Projects often require tools. The right tools gets the job done, all of it, and an inferior one leaves it undone, and or none of it. There is a spectrum of cost though. Tools require different levels of expense to purchase and use. If you use a cheap tool, you might end up with nothing. Use the right tool and you get the desired result. Because the cost of tools usually fills out a linear scale from cheap to expensive, we can be lulled into believing that the results are also on a linear level. But that's not true. You will need to spend enough to get anything at all. Less than that is total waste of time and also money. Better to use a tool that costs more than you expect that better to use a tool that costs more than you expect than to use a cheap tool and get nothing in return. It's actually pretty interesting and it's also pretty true, I have to say, because um, like of course there are quite a lot of tools outside there, you know, especially also a lot of freeware and a lot of tools that are just for free. You know, you can just download them. And I have to say there's really really a lot of good tools that are free. Really, really, really a lot of good tools. Let's, um, let's for example, say uh, Audacity. You know, you might even be using it, you know, for audio production and not just recording yourself. A lot of people are actually using it and it is just a freeware. It is free software and it's just insanely good compared to other software that is basically doing the exact same thing. It might not be as, um, as, big in terms of the things that you can do with it. Like, of course, I'm normally using Audition, so Adobe Audition, and it just it just also looks better, you know? It is, the use interface is probably gonna be better just most often when you're comparing something that you're buying and something that you can download for free. The use interface most often is just not that good, you know? But it's not about the user face or the user interface, it's just about what you can do with it. And this is then what matters. And most often you're actually able to do most of the things with the freeware as well. Like in terms of Audacity, it's definitely the case. You know, you can do some some uh, noise reduction and you can just record yourself. I'm, I'm really not educated in Audacity or at Audacity, but I, I've used it for a little bit, you know, at a point in time where I just needed it. I think I, I think I didn't have a license for my Adobe software anymore. Therefore, it just was... was um, I was somehow so forced to to do that, you know, even though I didn't want, you know. But but yeah, you know, of course there are there are going to be some functions that are not available in free software that you might be having in some paid software. But um, it could also just definitely can be the the whole opposite. Like of course, free software can also just be better and also have a better use interface than some bought things. This is definitely also the case, you know, because I I do not want to say that cheap things and or three things are always going to be bad. It doesn't necessarily have to be the case. And this is also something that Seth said, um, at least I guess, you know, because he said that there's a spectrum of cost though. Tools require different levels of expense to purchase and use. If you use a cheap tool, you might end up with nothing. Use the right tool and you get the desired result. Because the cost of tools usually fills out a linear scale from cheap to expensive, we can lull we can be lulled into believing that the results are also on the linear level. But that's not true. And I guess this just says that if I'm understanding it correctly, like, you know, if I'm wrong, just please hit me up or please just write it down into the comments. But I just believe that he just says there that um, even the cost or even if the cost is on a linear scale from cheap to expensive, 
the results don't have to to match that basically you know because you know at least it would make sense and at least also by experience i can tell that a lot of free software is really 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 good like if the result is going to be as good as with paid software i don't know i couldn't tell the thing is in terms of audacity versus adobe audition i i have to say that adobe audition is just having some functionalities and is probably having just anything that you need to have and it's working fine you know it's working as fine as all the other adobe software is working it's just good but i do not necessarily think that you know of course there might be some functionalities that adobe um that audacity is not having but um but it could also definitely be the opposite like there's probably also some like one or two or three functions or functionalities that adobe audition is not having even though audacity is having it but um but yeah you know i wouldn't necessarily say that the things that you record with audition are going to be better than the things that you're recording with audacity you know even though you know using audition might be easier since the the use interface is a little bit better at least at my point of view you know especially if you're kind of used to the whole adobe suite then it's going to be way easier to just control and to use than Audacity is because this is just a completely new environment. But um, as I said, I wouldn't necessarily say that the results are going to be better with Audition, but you might be faster and you might even be more efficient, you know, but I'm also not really sure about that because I don't know, you know, I haven't used Audacity to, to such a degree, but I've only seen that a lot of people are using it and for a lot of people, it will be just what they need, you know, and they do not really need more. It's just okay then. And they do not need Audition and or some other software that is costing way much more than free. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is actually it with the uh, the article of, of today. But I haven't read the whole one. I'm, I'm sorry. So, P.S., the first lesson for the freelancers workshop went live this week. Today is a great day to join. We teach technique, but mostly we help you become more brave. Um, so, if you're interested in the freelancers workshop, as I said, the link to this, um, to this blog post is going to be in the description and also in the show notes. So, please check it out if you also want to have a look at the freelancers workshop, you know, because it could definitely be valuable and it could definitely be also worth it, you know, worth checking out. I don't know, you know. I haven't taken this workshop. But yeah, um, I think I'm also going to read the one from yesterday. It's called Two Buttons on Offer. Yeah, Two Buttons on Offer. Every person in your organization needs to wear a button. And they can choose one of two. The choice is up to them, but they have to own it. One button says... I don't care. And the other one says, I would like to help. It's entirely possible that you have managed your way into a bureaucracy that's, that acts like it's wearing the first button. If that's true, admit it and you have and have you and your team put on the buttons. Uh, you will save a lot of heartache. Heartache, yeah. Heartache by telling us and your co-workers the truth. On the other hand, if you want the satisfaction that comes from wearing the second button, you've got to keep the promise. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, if you would actually be this, I would like to help person, and or if you would wear, or if you would like to wear the button, then you also have to to do that because if you're not doing it, you're probably a 
I don't care person then, you know, because, yeah, because it just makes sense, you know, because it's, it's, it's common sense, you know, you understand it, I know that. So yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. I gotta have to say that his blog posts are really diversified, you know, one is not going to be the exact same as the other one and or the following one and or the previous one. They all are going to be different. Um, sometimes they are a little bit like of a cryptic thing. You know, I uh, don't really get them since often it's just involving some metaphors and some, some, yeah, some metaphors and some ways to just describe things, um, which I do not then understand at the first glance, but after reading it and also after thinking about it, which might also be the attention of Seth Gordon, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm getting it most often, I guess at least, you know, which is always kind of the funny thing because I kind of think that I'm getting it, but I really don't know. I really don't know if I'm actually getting it. But yeah, um, maybe we actually head to the news, you know, because I actually do want to just go through the news. <laughs> I do just want to go through the news. And then actually have a look at what's popping, what's new, what's what's going on, those things. So let's see. Um, but we're definitely also going to go to technology. You know, I'm not really going to some uh, some other shit. You know, because I don't know. I do not like the normal news because it's it's most often about some negative shit and some shit that I'm not really willing to kind of get emerged in. I guess. But yeah. So let's see. Pixel 4 XL teardown reveals remarkably tiny Soli chip. Nope, this one. Uh, control your smartphone addiction with Google's experimental apps. Google just launched several new apps to help you spend less time on your phone. Watchdogs. Legion new Rainbow Six delays to increase development time. It's always funny. You know, it's, <laughs> it's always great to hear that um that's uh, when you're waiting for a new game and it gets delayed just because they haven't been able to just uh, make it in this most often really big time frame it's always kind of interesting you know it's always kind of fucked up to be honest like i don't know i don't know if their time management is just really fucked up often you know because this is actually something that happens relatively often i have to say and or i have to to feel like um in the gaming whole scene you know in the whole gaming scene you know, it's been the case for for a lot of games and for a lot of shores and for a lot of different publishers, but um, but I don't know. Like maybe this is just some sort of a virus that is in the whole gaming space, and or this is just very specific to I know for certain publishers and and production teams and production firms. But you know, I've also seen like a game was delayed like I don't know two years or something, three years, four years, five years, just a really 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 long time and. I don't know, of course, for those people that are really looking forward to those games, which um, hasn't been the case for me, actually, you know, I have never actually been like, wow, you know, there's the new game coming out on this and that day, and I'm going to buy it just right ahead and whatnot. I have never been this person, you know, my brother was a little bit like such a person, I guess, if I'm just thinking about it, but I'm not quite sure, but I have never been such a person, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've never actually wanted to just spend my money on things, you know, it was always some kind of a fucked up thing for me it really was and it still is because i'm really not i'm really not spending my money on anything you know on, on really anything like nothing i i might be spending it on on food which is probably the uh, which is probably going to be the case you know it's probably going to be the thing that i'm spending most of my money on just because i i need it you know 
And then I'm also not gonna just be like, okay, I'm gonna buy me this and that and this and that and just as much as I want and what's not. I'm just always on a budget. I'm always trying to be on a budget. I'm always trying to just be as cheap as I possibly can by by still kind of satisfying my needs and satisfying the things that I want. But it's it's not always gonna be the case. You know, I'm often just buying some cheap shit because this is also some sort of satisfaction for me because I'm then satisfied that I've um, bought myself something that was cheap and is cheap and it feels good for me and it it doesn't really feel good for me if I'm just buying myself something that's really expensive, you know, whether it be about food and or whether it be about some technology things like a new smartphone or uh, a PC or some some of that shit, you know. I'm, I've, I've actually also been thinking about investing into a, a new microphone, you know, because I thought like, you know, it's going to make the whole podcast a little bit better and whatnot. But I have to say, you know, as I've been also reviewing the whole audio and whatnot, I have to say the audio with my phone, like, again, if you didn't know that, and if you're on the podcast and, you, and you're not able to see me, I'm recording this on my phone, you know, I'm using my phone to record this, just using my PC and the phone, and this is it, and I gotta have to say that the audio is really, really, really good, really good, you know, it's really comparable to really big podcasts, um, I do also have to say that the post-production is definitely just impacting it heavily because without the whole post-production, it wouldn't be as good. You know, there, there would have been just a lot of background noise and a lot of those things that are really not that nice. And of course, through post-production, it could also happen that the whole audio is just getting fucked as well. You know, for example, if the whole noise production, uh, noise reduction process isn't working as I want it to work, it could also be the case that the audio, the whole audio is fucked because as as i'm seeing it or as i'm just uh, understanding it the whole um the whole noise reduction thing is working like it's 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 scanning a certain area you know and it's scanning the noise you know because if you haven't used anything like that you're basically having to have in your audio some sort of a blank space where only the audio is in you know unless you're actually always um recording in the same environment where there's just going to be the same noise as well probably you know but you're then just scanning this noise and it's scanning the frequencies, the heights and the lows and all those things. And then it is actually subtracting those uh, those specific uh, frequencies and those specific areas uh, of the whole audio. And sometimes it happens that, I'm, that when you're scanning something that might not be only noise, but maybe some sort of a just, I don't know, a brief or something that you can't really see in the recording, you know, because it's it's so it's so so silent you know that it's not like a spike or something that you might be scanning this as well and that this is going to be distracted from the whole audio and then of course there's going to be some some weird sounding things and there's going to be some things that you just notice you know that there went something a little bit wrong but uh, but that's not too bad something else that i'm just seeing is google stadia exclusive to have features not possible on home hardware so Stadia exclusives to have features not possible on home hardware. Okay. Apple TV app launches on Amazon Fire TV devices. Which is actually pretty interesting, you know. Which is really interesting that Amazon is actually doing that. Because they could also be like, well, no, there is no Apple TV app on our fucking device, you know. There's only Amazon Prime and this is what you can use there. And if you're willing to use something else, then just buy an Apple TV but I guess it is also a pretty good move because they understood that maybe a lot of people are going to go to Apple TV. 
And because Amazon has always been and hopefully is always going to be a consumer-centric company, they just thought like, well, you know, let's have Apple TV on our Fire TV devices. And or uh, I think there's only the stick, isn't it? Like the Amazon Fire TV stick, but I'm not quite sure. Um, the thing is, it just makes sense. You know, if you're thinking about the consumer, if you're thinking about the people that are using your devices, then it definitely makes sense. And it definitely is actually a good move, at my point of view. But yeah, uh, no open camera won't give you 4K 60fps on the Pixel 4. Okay, photo editing basics, six tips for polishing and perfecting finished images. Google has achieved quantum supremacy and here is why it matters. Quantum bests classical computing, so, no, so now what? This is actually something relatively interesting, I guess at least. You know, I'm always guessing, like I never ever know, but I'm I'm also hoping. And this is actually from the Los Angeles Times. So Google claims quantum primacy, what could it mean for the future of computing? For the first time ever, a quantum computer has performed a computational task that would be essentially impossible for a conventional computer to complete, according to a team from Google. Scientists and engineers from the company's lab in Santa Barbara announced a milestone in a report published Wednesday in the journal Nature. They said their machine was able to finish its job in just 200 seconds and that's the world's most powerful supercomputer and that the world's most powerful supercomputer would need 10,000 years to accomplish the same task. Like let let's think about that. You know what you know, what percentage is that? You know, what percentage of being faster is that? Like, from 200 seconds to 10,000 years. Like, 200 seconds are two minutes? Am I right? Which is insane. The task itself, which involved executing a randomly chosen sequence of instructions, does not have any particular particle uses practical uses, but experts say the achievement is still significant as a demonstration of the future promise of quantum or quantum computing. William Oliver of MIT compared the feat to the first successful flight by the Wright brothers. It is what the event represents rather than what it practically accomplished that was paramount, he wrote in a commentary that accompanied the study. Google scientists are hailing the achievements as the first demonstration of what's known as quantum supremacy. The phrase was coined in 2012 by John Preskill, a theoretical physicist, uh, physicist at Caltech, to describe the point at which quantum computers can do things that classical computers simply can't. You know, no matter how, uh, no matter how powerful they are, like it is insane. Like, ten years, ten thousand years. I mean, like ten years. This would just be incredible. But ten thousand years. You know, and, and the thing is, like. Let's actually think about that. What type of what type of, of exercise, what type of task does it have to be? Like if I'm also thinking about you know rendering my video, like rendering a video it's it's probably gonna take like 30 minutes or something. It's actually relatively long. It really is relatively long because I'm I'm using a CBR, which is just a constant bitrate, um rather than a variable bitrate, because the video I guess is then a little bit better because the bitrate is always the exact same and it's not going to vary between uh, or in, in certain segments of the video, which might kind of um, fuck with the quality a little bit. But it's just insane. Like, it takes me 30 minutes to just perform this task and this computer 
just would do it in a millisecond. I guess. You know, maybe not even, you know. It would just be as instant as it possibly could be. You know, well, I do also have to say, like, the thing is, even though the computer might be really fast, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that the software is also going to be optimized for this certain computer, you know, because it could also be the case that, that, for example, my rendering process is still not going to be way faster, even though I'm using this uh, super quantum mechanics thing computer, um, just because of the software, you know, just because of the software that I'm using to render the thing, which um, probably is going to be the uh, media encoder from Adobe and or the uh, um, Premiere Pro. I don't want to those two things, but it's definitely maybe going to be the case that, or it's it's definitely possible that it might be the case that uh, the software is somehow, yeah, some sort of a barrier between just the supercomputer and being extremely fucking fast, which is then fucked up. And I think, well, this is another discussion, you know, just software and whatnot. How did you become interested in quantum computing? And there is now an interview, and um, I'm hopefully also going to um, link it down. If I haven't linked it down, then it is called Q&A, Google Claims Quantum Supremacy. What could that mean for the future of computing by the Los Angeles Times? And it was published on October the 23rd, which is yesterday, 2019 at 6.47 p.m. Um, I should have linked it down, but as I said, you know, sometimes I'm forgetting those things, which is fucked up, I know, but it is what it is. But yeah, um, I think it's actually going to be the end of the episode, you know, and it's been a pretty good time and it's been a little bit better because I think it's because I have eaten something, you know, and I'm not eating really a lot over the, pa- over the, over the day, you know, because I'm just uh, being in school and I'm fasting and all those things and I'm then not having some food available and I'm having to do so, so many things and whatnot. So often it is just the case that I'm not able to eat something. And uh, maybe I guess this is actually kind of building a barrier between me and just being good at speaking and or just letting my brain work on its highest level, which uh, might be the case for speaking in a foreign language um, as fluent as possible. But yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it is what it is and I do just have to figure out what it is so that I'm able to kind of shut that down, you know, hopefully going to be able to shut that down but yeah um i wish you the best health of happiness and also success and i also hope that you're going to remind yourself when you're going to be remembered which basically means your legacy because we can definitely stimulate our legacy which means for example being being a nice person and then being remembered as a nice person which is definitely something that can uh, be true but it's not going to be the case for everyone you know, not everyone's going to like you and not everyone's going to love you because we're 7.7 billion people on this planet. There's going to be maybe even a thousand people that do just not like you just by nature and just because you're you and they are them. And it's, it's, it's actually going to be more about them than it's, it's about you. It's just what it is. But uh, yeah, um, three other questions that I hope that you're going to ask yourself are why are you here? What are you trying to, <laughs> why are you here? what are you trying to change and what is bothering you the most? And those three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even uh, a business idea, you know, because often businesses started out with fixing something and or finding a solution for something that really pissed the founders off. And that is definitely going to be something for you as well, you know, and then, you know, it, it's not solved yet. Therefore, maybe you're just solving it and that's then it. And yeah, um, 
I would really like to see you again. So please subscribe to the podcast and also subscribe to the YouTube video. It would really mean a lot to me. And I'm going to see you the next time. I at least hope.